get that done and uploaded once we're done with this, then. And as you might imagine, you have a buffet of bullshit to choose from. <laughs> okay. From did, you, did, you ma- did you make note of it? I did, the, I did, yeah. I have some, cool. Yeah, I have well, some... then I'll, I'll, I'll probably just uh, pay attention to like what you noted then, and I'll pull that out. Yeah, I think I, I think I got some good, and it's good stuff. I'm like, God, I hate to erase this, but you know, we should give the Patreon people some good bullshit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I was like, it has nothing to do with the episode, but it's good. But uh, I feel like that's, you know, it, it shouldn't just be like the, um, the gristle that we put on Patreons, <laughs> like, like literal bullshit. Like it's good stuff. It's good conversation. You know? <laughs> yeah, but, like, like all my, my when my original plan was to just put a supercut of all of our ums and uhs and silences <laughs> on Patreon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and me Googling things. Let yeah, yeah. me see. Me, <laughs> let me look that up. Uh, I thought it was just going to be hours of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we should probably get going. I'm just going to tell you today, Ted. I'm not even going to ask. Well, I will. Should we get going? Yeah. Yeah, okay. let's get going. <laughs> I, it's my son's birthday, and everyone knows Aaron gets very upset. The downvoter gets very upset because he's my son, you remember, in the canon of yes, the show. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we got parties and stuff to get to. So, uh, welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Curb Your Enthusiasm for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 3, Trick or Treat. But before that, what's the deal with stuff from our last episode? Thor, uh, we wanted to know, Cheryl seems very fired up about AAA and their political agenda of making more roads and more pollution. So that sounded off the wall, and we wanted to know if there was anything to that. So uh, just a bit of backstory, the American Automobile Association is a federation of motor clubs throughout North America. It's privately held, not-for-profit, a national member association and service organization with over 60 million members in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, It was founded in 1902 in Chicago Mm. in response to lack of roads and highways suitable for automobiles. And the first roadmaps that AAA put out, they were famous for, came out in 1905. They uh, like to focus on driver safety, auto operation, best practices, education, stuff like that. Controversy one, you don't have to scroll very far to find. During the Jim Crow era, AAA AAA actively discriminated against African Americans who could not join the association. Yeah. Oh Um, my God. And alternative to AAA guides, aka the Green Book, uh, were written because of that. So if you are familiar with the motion picture, that yeah. So that's where uh, that's where that came from. Uh, But so their environmental efforts are kind of a mixed bag. I found. Their lobbying positions have sometimes been perceived to be hostile to mass transit and environmental interests. In fact, in 2006, so five years after this uh, episode, the Automobile Club of Southern California, so the L.A. area, they worked against uh, Proposition 87, which would have established a program to reduce gas consumption in California by 25 percent. In 2016, Daniel Becker uh, from the Sierra Club described AAA as a lobbyist for more roads, more pollution, and more gas guzzling. That's in 2016. So this obviously has been a thing for a long time. Uh, They came out against the uh, critical amendments to the Clean Air Act. Um, They spent years, this is according to the Sierra Club, spent years battling stricter vehicles emission standards in Maryland. Uh, And as of 2017, uh, evidently, they continued to lobby against public transportation projects. But they do have a century-long environmental advocacy efforts, including in 19, going all the way back to 1919, they helped save California's giant redwoods. Uh, in 91, 
the California state. So this is a lot of Southern California stuff uh, or California stuff, just because that's where curb takes place. The California automobile association uh, and the Bay area air quality management district co-sponsored a spare the air campaign designed to reduce traffic congestion and improve air quality. Uh, and they, they started a core that cleaned beaches and park trails and, and plant trees and wetlands. They in 92. So before Cheryl's outburst, they launched a popular ecotourism promotion called Freedom's Way about conserving energy and putting, you know, throwing away your litter and stuff like that. Uh, the Auto Club of Southern California also helped establish the Southern California Rideshare Program. Uh, but I can understand it. So, you know, it, like I said, it's a mixed bag, but I can understand it being like a cause of the week in 2001. It seems like yeah. it pops up every now and then that, oh, they're not as environmental as they seem. Here's here's another you know press release of them coming out against this mass transit <laughs> or this this environmentally friendly, uh, you know, uh, effort initiative. And so maybe into that, like so, for instance, in 2001, they started the Great Battery Roundup to encourage motorists to recycle old automobile batteries, tires, and various types of automotive fluids, which is a, a great environmentally friendly initiative. But it, it might be in response to that. Someone wrote, oh, don't let them fool you. They're making you do all the work <laughs> for all of the bad stuff they do for the roads. And so, you know, it, it just seems like this pops up, like I said, it, it, every now and then, like in 01 and 2016 and, and uh, in 2006, it just people start noticing but, you know, it, it doesn't seem like – as far as, like, people causing climate change, I'd put them very low on the list. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> yeah. It, it, it sounds like there's, like, a whole laundry list of people that could and definitely should get a lot more blame. And then AAA is down at, like, I don't know, maybe 20? <laughs> I, would, I would put them – a lot even further. lower <laughs> yeah yeah unless you're putting like the oil like gas and oil industry as one <laughs> as one then we yeah. might be <laughs> then we might be at 20 but like yeah <laughs> like they it seems like they help more than they hurt and and sometimes they have good reasons they were like well you know we're against these provisions because <laughs> it's not spelled out well enough how it's going to work or you know it, it puts too much yeah. you know it, it doesn't do enough or something you know it the Number one, every single oil and gas industry <laughs> N- or company. Number two, every single male Republican. Yeah. Number three, every person who's ever signed up for an NRA membership. Number <laughs> yeah. four, yeah, yeah. We're just lumping so many people into like each one, <laughs> one yeah. group. Yeah, and then and then AAA at number twenty in that in that instance. Um, yeah. So, but but I can understand. So I was so quite myth myth plausible you know like it's (laughs) i I was i was surprised that anybody was upset for aaa not being environmental enough but it happens so there we go it's not a crazy plot device that they invented for this it it happens um what about red light cameras uh jason alexander gets caught by one which by the way on my listen through to editing last episode i just straight up called him george i was like and george says blah 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 (laughs) oh my (laughs) lord i didn't even catch that no i I didn't know if you let me do it or if you just or if you didn't catch it so i think you just didn't (laughs) catch it because like it it just played into the episode so well (laughs) like he's married to george yeah so george said why don't we meet at my office like no one noticed um yeah so george gets one larry gets one at uh, that time it was on purpose and and i was like weren't these unconstitutional or aren't they always like being taken down and so uh red light camera more than 75 countries worldwide use red light cameras in case you don't know they're they, they photograph a vehicle that has entered an intersection after the traffic signal controlling it has turned red the first type did use like pneumatic or electrical tubes that the car rolled over and activated the camera you know like they they the tubes would activate when the red mm-hmm. light went off and then the car would roll over it and take a picture. Now they're, they're much more sophisticated, but there is, 
debate and ongoing research about their use. Authorities cite public safety as a primary reason that the cameras are installed, but opponent, opponents say it's more for to, to, to fill town coffers and, and financial gain for cities and, and bureaucracies and stuff. But someone did review evidence from 38 studies of red light cameras that found that overall, red light cameras are effective at reducing right angle crashes, so when you get T-boned by somebody in an intersection, and related injuries, as well as total injuries. But they also led to an increase in rear-end crashes. So people slamming their brakes on at a yellow light because they're like, oh shit, this is the red light camera intersection and getting rear-ended by someone behind them who was like, oh, it's a yellow light. I, I have plenty of time to go through that, not knowing about it. So it's mm. I found that very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha, yeah. <laughs> um, so here are some legal wrangling and restrictions regarding red light cameras. Um, lots of states do prohibit the use of red light cameras, including Arkansas, Maine, Michigan, Mississippi, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, West Virginia, and Texas. Hmm. Yeah, okay. so you don't. Have to I, I mean, worry I haven't it. seen one here, but I I didn't know they were uh, outlawed. It was actually very recently they banned them in 2019, and they weren't phased out fully until last year. Because oh, okay, yeah, yeah, there were certain cities that like still had contracts with their, you know, tr- the people who ran the cameras, and so they're like, well, we have to wait for those to run out, so they let them do that. Um, but lots of uh, let me see, uh, lots of municipalities have gotten rid of it. Uh, Albuquerque voters approved a ballot measure advising city council to cease authorizing the red light camera program, which they did. Uh, In February of 2012, the red light camera ordinance in St. Louis was declared void by a judge who uh, said it was enacted without the state legislature, and so it it was void. Uh, In February of 2013, a San Diego mayor helped remove red light cameras to keep a a campaign promise he made. New Jersey just let their law renewal lapse. Um, And the reason (laughs) for a lot of the discontinuation were reduction in camera citations, Difficulty sustaining the financial viability of the program and intense community opposition. Uh, like, so people who said, well, what about what's what's the deal with dri- owner liability? Like the person driving it may not be the person that owns the car, but yeah. I, I actually like the way they argued that down. Was it like um, it's a civil offense, not a criminal offense. And so it's like a parking ticket. You know, if your car is parked there, you're not in it. You don't get to confront your accuser. The person who yeah. is writing you the ticket, it's like it's it's the same thing. Yeah, the, the owner's on on the hook for it, not the driver. Not the person who actually did the crime. Yeah. Uh, the argument that red light cameras violate the privacy of citizens has also been addressed in U.S. courts. But again, I like the, the ruling on that was no one has a fundamental right to run a red light. <laughs> so it's okay <laughs> if you get your picture taken to it. And, or, and you don't uh, also don't have a right to avoid being seen by a camera on a public street. So that's how that yeah. got yeah, uh, talked down. So what about in, in California? where curb takes place. Uh, The red light cameras are set up to take a series of photographs, including one of the driver's face. And in California, the state law says, uh, first of all, you get a point on your license if you run a red light and get caught that way. And you also, they also have to identify the actual violator. And so if they get a picture and they can't quite see the face, here's the tricky shit. The cops do. They'll send you a like violation notice and they're like, fill this what? out. And essentially, you have to tell on yourself. Like, there's oh no. Oh, my yeah. God. It is not sent to the court. It is not filed in any system. It is you. They're like, please fill out your name and address and say this is you doing this because they didn't get a picture of your face. <laughs> and, and send it back to us. And then you get a ticket. I'm like, that so is you, some. So you could very easily just say, nope, I don't recognize that person. Exactly. There is no crime in crumpling it up and throwing it out. Not a lawyer. But as far as my research shows, I'm like, that is some tricky entrapment bullshit. I'm like, those should be thrown out. That's some dirty, 
shit right there. <laughs> I'm sorry to be so vulgar, but I got upset about that having to snitch on yourself. Yeah, I mean we've all, we've already painted ourselves as the liberal snowflakes. Are people really gonna be that uh, that surprised at our a cab stance? Yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, so in the U.S., uh, fines are not standardized. It it could go anywhere from fifty bucks in New York City to like five hundred bucks in California. Here's an interesting connection: AAA supported measures that uh, often tax motorists with the goal of strengthening infrastructure and highway maintenance and. They also supported red light cameras. They lobbied in favor of authorizing speed cameras in Indiana. They lobbied in favor of speed cameras in Maryland. So the AAA is pro-speed camera. So ACAB includes AAA. <laughs> <laughs> All car associations. I think it has to be quintuple ACAB because all mm. automobile associations. No, quadruple. <laughs> Sorry, quadruple. No, no. It, it has to be. Okay, all tri- automobile tri- tri- associations tri- of America are bastards. So quint- quintuple B. <laughs> Quintuple A cab. Quintuple, yeah. But you don't need the C. All American... No. uh, Yeah, yeah, you do. All American Automobile Associations... Clubs. Yeah. Clubs. Are bastards. There you go. Are bastards. Yeah. There we go. Quintuple A cab. Quintuple cab. Yeah. Uh, So that's all the homework that we had. I hope it... uh, You know, I hope it... So basically, I was wrong. And they have been challenged in a lot of places, but not everywhere i thought they were like just i I literally said unconstitutional and and i did speak to that you know the privacy clause and and stuff like that but uh they've been those uh challenges have been shot down but some cities did start and get rid of them and so they're they're not um yeah they're still around still a thing so be careful out there thor here's another interesting uh trivia and tidbit from the episode thor is one of the names larry claims to use when he gets bored of saying larry in the episode the group from the end of season one. I think it's oh. when he tells Cheryl, because Cheryl's like, Todd, why does she call you Todd? He's like, oh, sometimes I get bored of saying Larry. I think that's it's it's in that scene when he's trying to explain why he called himself, uh, why Gwendolyn knows him as Todd instead of Larry from meeting at the bodega, the fake bodega story. Uh, yeah, so just kind of an interesting uh, connection there. So let's consult the book. Please rise. Thank you. Uh, in this episode. Oh, wait, that's uh, last week. Let me flip the page of the book. Stay rise. Stay risen. <laughs> for crying out loud. Uh, in this episode, David had never changed a tire before shooting the tire changing montage. To look more convincing, <laughs> he refused to let anyone tell him how it was done beforehand. So good oh improv. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's not improving, looking like an idiot. Uh, what they were thinking, Wanda Sykes, who plays Wanda in this episode, uh, says, I don't know if all black people like the show, but there are quite a few. I think because the show addresses race, it does it from a rich people's point of view. But that's close enough. At least somebody's talking about it. So that's mm. what she was thinking. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and the so that's there wasn't a lot of trivia or interesting quotes from this episode because the only other thing we get is Larry in action and a bit of the script of Larry and <laughs> Jeff talking about how Cheryl has no sexual blackmail on him. So that's all from the book. Please be seated. All righty. So uh, any other news or anything? I don't think so. All right. Well, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show, despite the last 20 minutes uh, being all uh, <laughs> research and bullshit. We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode as though we are assigning them to our... We like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode as though we are assigning ourselves homework. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim hasn't seen these episodes 
before in the last 20 years. Uh, if we miss anything, if we egregiously skip over something, please send us an email or send us a tweet. It's at NoHugging on Twitter or NoHugging, no learning show at gmail.com. Both of those links are down in the description or on the show description page on Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and we will send you a free no-hugging, no-learning sticker free of charge. Uh, Just get us your mailing address, however you would like to do that. If you'd like to support us monetarily, you can do so as well. Patreon.com slash no-hugging, where you will get every single episode one week early. We'll also do two movie reviews every month and... Uh, as was the episode, as was the case with our episode last week, uh, clipped content from every episode or, or most every episode, but <laughs> definitely last week's episode. Cause we had about 20 or so minutes, I think <laughs> I that got cut out. Normally it's like, oh yeah, here's, here's five minutes. Here's, here's eight minutes. Last, last week was almost an entire extra <laughs> podcast of bullshit. It might be that much. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh but yeah, that is patreon.com slash no hugging. If we if we could run deals, if we could run trials on Patreon, uh I would to to do like, hey, yeah, you can do one download of Patreon. Uh so like one of the one of the things that we've posted, you can you can get that for, for free or something because I would like to get more people over on the Patreon because it is plateaued, absolutely. Mm. I think, I mean, there is, like I mentioned, every uh, time this comes up, there is a free trial. Like, we've released free episodes on the main from That's like, true. Like B-movies that is very out true. there. I forget what else is out there, but there are, you know, there are free ones. So if you dig those. Yeah. And if you don't, they've gotten better. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We have posted a B-movie on to our free feed. We have posted, I think, The Burning onto our yes, free feed. Yes, I believe that's right. Yeah. And I think Which there was Jason one Alexander, more. I think, young George. I think we may have posted Ghostbusters Ghostbusters 2. 2. Yes, that is correct. Okay. So, yeah, three of the movies that we've done for Patreon are available for free in our main feed. If you want to listen to those as just a, a little sampling of what our Patreon will offer you, uh, be sure to check those out. All that being said, though, Season 2, Episode 3, Trick or Treat. Original air date, October 7th. 2001 you know uh right when everyone's going out for halloween october 7th (laughs) if you're looking at tv guide that night you are going to see larry experiences the trick side of halloween when he questions the age of two girls who want candy you can't just describe a scene and that's the synopsis so much more happens in this episode i know i I even i knew it was going to be bad last week and i didn't know and i undersold it like i didn't know how bad it was going to be until i watched (laughs) the episode so we'll tear that apart uh, when we get to the end no doubt about that we can make it better uh so we started a restaurant larry is meeting cheryl there who was already with a screenwriter friend cliff cobb we find out and his wife whose name we won't find out until much much later (laughs) um so i just kept writing wife and i won't Spoil it for anybody if you haven't gone back and watched it. Yeah, uh, so, it's yeah. not until like, uh, uh, well, Halfway I'll point it out when we get to it. I'll point it yeah. out when we get to it. Yeah, yeah. This guy Cliff Cobb, he wrote a, a new movie and it's in a theater and uh, very excited about it. Cheryl is just uh, engrossed, enamored with Cliff. Like they are just talking up a storm to each other. Like there's nobody else in the room. And Cliff does note when Larry gets there and sits down next to his wife and 
uh, not Larry's wife. He sits down next to Cliff's wife, and he kind of like stretches his arm out, but he puts it around his wife, and and Cliff clocks that. And before they go sit down, Larry is getting Cliff's wife to make a bracelet for Cheryl for her birthday on Friday. So over at the table, Cliff and Cheryl, again, they're just talking away. Like, again, it's like they're alone. And Larry and Cliff's wife are kind of like sharing awkward conversation. When they order, Larry orders the Cobb salad, but he asks for no bacon, no egg, the blue cheese on the side. And Cliff is kind of offended that he made this many subs to the there's even one more sub that I that I didn't catch that like the waiter kind of talks over um but (laughs) but Cliff's offended because his grandfather created the Cobb salad and he put a lot of work into putting the you know making the perfect salad and Larry just destroyed what his grandfather created you know it was at this moment this early on in the episode (laughs) that I knew that this episode was gonna suck ass what I, I I hated this. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! I loved this episode for real. Oh I my god! Okay, so, yeah. All right, so all right. Here you... we'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. No, we'll keep what? going. We'll, we'll we'll bring it up at the end. What did you hate about this specifically? I just thought it was annoying. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's that's true. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, some of the some of the annoying bits of like Larry being absolutely neurotic, I will find entertaining. <laughs> this just was not one of them. So what what annoyed you? Maybe 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 it's because I am like Larry in this instance, and I will uh, frequently get items with yeah. substitutions. Yeah, and and uh, I wouldn't want someone to antagonize me yeah. if I'm making substitutions on my food, and I'll just say like, "What's the fucking deal? Who who gives a shit?" Yeah, th- I think that's the same reaction that i had and the fact that it's like he he's offended because it's his grandfather's salad and he invented it yeah. and, and now he's he's like sullying the good cob name um yeah no that I, that's that's annoying like that that sucked but like maybe, i thought it was funny just, <laughs> okay yeah maybe i just didn't think it was as as funny as you did i did find one part of this funny whenever like uh cliff and Cher will go back to talking and uh larry and cliff's wife whose yeah. name we don't know yet uh, are once again iced out. Yeah. Uh, Larry does have a really good line saying, "You know, my my grandfather's name was Harold Bingo." <laughs> yeah, he invented bingo. I I thought that was great. I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Larry Larry calls BS <laughs> on the whole situation. But so if you don't, if I mean situations like this are the lifeblood of Curb, though. Like Larry getting into a social disagreement. With somebody who th- who has a different set yes, of social rules, yes, but yeah. but not all social disagreements are going to be the same. Not just because it's a social disagreement doesn't mean I have to find it hilarious. No, no, no. But I mean, but if you didn't like the episode because of that, of, of I mean, I, that's I guess not it, the that's not the only reason. But yeah, yeah. I I will just I will say that's scene, when though, I knew yeah. I'm like uh, okay. <laughs> I thought it, I think you're supposed to think Cliff is dumb in this instance, like. I think you're supposed to be on Larry's side. It sounds like you were. I mean, I know I definitely was. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, def- I definitely was, but yeah. I'm not, like, uh, thinking he's a superhero and cheering him on and <laughs> laughing my ass off because of it. Just in this instance. Yeah. And if and if Larry had ordered, uh, you know, <laughs> like a mushroom and steak burger or something like that and asked for no mushrooms, I don't think Cliff would have said anything. You know, it's just the Cobb, <laughs> the Cobb story that he wanted to tell. So as they're continuing to be iced out, as, as Larry Larry's riff doesn't land, and so he just kind of gives up, and he's like, "They're just talk like we don't even have to be here. They, we can talk about anything." And he just says to Cliff's wife, "We should have sex." And Cliff's wife goes, 
yes, we should. <laughs> and you can tell instantly she's into it. She's not just saying that because she knows that Cliff can't hear her. She's not riffing. Yeah, she is. She's not, not riffing. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yes, we should. Uh, over at the Crest Theater, where 30 Below is playing, as you see on the CGI inserted. Oh, my marquee. God. That was so bad. <laughs> Um, which, by the way, I did not do a dive on the Crest Theater because it is the same place where Larry has the pants tent in season one, episode one. Oh. A pants tent. Yeah. So go on back to that if you really want to know the history of the Crest Theater. Uh, so Larry runs into a friend who invites him to go golfing. And Larry glances at, at Cliff. Oh, who, by the way, is in a wheelchair. We haven't even mentioned that yet. Because that's I how. I don't think we. I that's don't how think woke we knew that Ted and I. We don't see wheelchairs. That's how woke we are. Um, no, but we. Oh my we God. It's, it's something you see in the episode that you just don't take note of. Um, but he is. He is in a wheelchair. And so as Larry glances down at Cliff, he says he doesn't play golf anymore. And the guy is kind of surprised. But, you know, if you change your mind, uh, you know, I'd love to play golf again sometime. <laughs> and Larry starts whistling a Wagner song and tells a story to Cheryl about the song being Wagner's birthday gift for his wife. And he awoke her. Uh, with a, a symphony playing it on her birthday one year. And La and Cheryl thinks it's very romantic. And Larry starts whistling it again. Whistling like, even if it... Like, very I loudly. Still, yeah, like, if I heard someone whistling like this, I, I would be like, can you keep it fucking down? <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but I'd be thinking it like, who whistles at top volume on a street? <laughs> like, it was so loud. But the bystander, whose name is Walter, by the way, we find out later, he accuses him of being a self-loathing Jew because Wagner was a huge anti-Semite. And how dare yeah. you whistle one of his, his songs? Apparently, Wagner was Hitler's favorite composer. Hitler's favorite composer. You know what? I gotta. I have to look it up. I have to see how much of that was real. Is Wagner, that, are we going to add that to homework? homework? Yeah, okay. that's homework. I'll look that up. <laughs> Wagner <Not> Nazi? <laughs> that's exactly what I wrote. Uh, my, one of my, my favorite line from Larry, maybe in this whole thing, was like, Oh, I hate myself, sir, but I assure you it has nothing to do with being Jewish. <laughs> that I, was I did, brilliant. I, I did like Larry screaming out. He's like, oh, where are you, Judaism? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's your Judaism? Where are you? Where are you? Yeah, the guy is laying into him because of Wagner's political beliefs. And um, they, it gets into a, a, a huge argument right, right out there on the street, somehow even louder than the whistling. And I think it's Cliff who tells him that, like, he actually lives by Larry. They're, they're neighbors, like just a street or two over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like and, and Larry just says, oh, that's comforting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so inside the theater, Larry is chomping popcorn loudly right behind Walter, who tells him to be quiet. Uh, he accidentally, his leg touches uh, Cliff's wife's leg. And then Larry lets out a big yawn. Cheryl smacks him for it. But he just says he's tired. It has nothing to do with the movie. Um, and he looks over and Cliff has clocked probably his yawn. But as, as we'll find out later, that's not all. That's not all that Cliff clocked. After the movie, Larry compliments it to Cliff. And they turn down an invitation to go out for drinks because Cheryl says that Larry has a big day tomorrow. But he says he's just going to be sitting around, which Cheryl's like, oh, oh, you're just sitting around, huh? Okay. <laughs> and as as they say goodbye, Cliff's wife gives a long embrace to Larry, uh, who goes in for like a casual hug, but she like squeezes him way, way tighter. Back at home, Larry defends his yawn. Cheryl's on the phone talking to Wanda, and oh, Larry has to okay. 
Yeah, why? Well, I, I didn't know you... who she was talking to. I think she I... says Wanda, yeah. Does she say Wanda? Okay, because I, I was just thinking the whole scene, I'm like, who the fuck is she talking to? <laughs> like, we had a whole episode about cutoff times of yeah. when you can call somebody. And now, after an 8 o'clock movie, it was clearly 8 o'clock in the, listed in the theater, you're calling somebody after 10 o'clock, no doubt about it. But maybe because Wanda's a stand-up, she's up late or something. Maybe she doesn't have the cutoff. Oh, call me any time. Oh, that's a bad. I did a better Wanda last week. A much yeah. better one. You could say ass better as Wanda. Ass. Yeah, um, that that's better. That's my touchstone for Wanda Sykes. Larry has to defend his yawn. He was like, which I, I mean, as we've both done morning radio, like, and I agree with Larry, you can be tired and still be into something. That's, yes. that's your life. Sometimes that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, dead like now. Every day. That was yeah. me for 15 years, whatever it was. I I can be actively <laughs> watching something that I'm very excited to see. Yes, and I'll still yawn. Yeah, I hate that the yawn has because yawn really doesn't have anything to do with being bored. Yawn is a device probably that it's came just... up in like comic books and cartoons and TV shows and movies and stuff where it's like, oh, this is this is putting you to sleep. What do you do when you need to go to sleep? You yawn. And people have conflated the two. They're like, oh, yawn equals boring. Like, no, yawn equals sleep. This equals boring. And bo- and when you, you know, like when you sleep, when you get bored, you feel like going to sleep. And that's when you yawn. Yeah. Yawn's not connected to boring. But I mean, I, I, I guess in a way it could be like, oh, the movie is so boring. It makes you want to go to sleep and you're yawning. But it's still, I, I, I disagree with it. It's a tenuous connection at best still. And yeah, I, I agree with Larry. You can be tired and you can be interested in something. Um, but, and then Larry lied, we find out Larry did lie about just sitting around. He's playing golf, but he didn't want to make Cliff feel like, uh, feel bad because Larry gets to go play golf. <laughs> Cliff doesn't cause he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. That's that great white liberal guilt. Like Cliff is a, is in his late thirties. Probably he's in his thirties at least. And he has lived a long time in a wheelchair and what Larry does is not going to make Cliff feel any different way about that. But Larry thinks it does. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt this guy's feet. Like, he's lived in a world with golf for a long time now. And like, you say you're playing golf. To be golf. fair, though. Yeah, to be, to be fair, whenever, um, I don't know if we got his name outside of the theater, but whenever the guy came up and asked Larry if he was still playing golf, Cliff gives Larry a very dirty look oh, I didn't about potentially that. playing golf. Uh, and I'm like, what? What is his problem? <laughs> That's messed up. Yeah, that's messed up. So maybe maybe Larry did pick up a non-visual cue from that and go, uh, uh, I'm, I'm just sitting around. And it's great that he picked sitting around. Like, I'm not going to be standing around. I'm going to be sitting around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because that's the only thing you can do as someone in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he does say, like, if he asked me if I wanted to play checkers, I'd say yes, because <laughs> you can do that sitting down. <laughs> uh, so... Um, at Larry's office, he walks in, and we find out, Ted, here, that Shelly Cobb called. Ah, uh, yep. This That's what it. I had to. Yeah. Uh, and Halfway Larry, through the episode. Yeah, half of, I think pretty much halfway through, because I was halfway through my notes at this point. Uh, Larry thinks that, oh, the, great, the bracelet's ready. Uh, so I'm going to call her back about that. And he asks his assistant, oh, what a great 2000 way, one to say, way to say this. Can you go on the internet? And research the cops. <laughs> I like throwing in go on the internet in there. <laughs> it's like, we're still not out of like the not everyone's online era. You know, it's like, you don't have to go to a library anymore. Can you go on the internet and research the Cobb salad for me? I want to know everything about it, where it came from and who invented it and everything. And as assistants, like I will. So in the office, 
Larry is calling Shelly, and she invites Larry out, just the two of them. And Larry has to explain the big misunderstanding that, you know, oh, I was just stretching. That wasn't my arm around you. And I was joking about because they weren't listening to us. I was joking we could say anything. So that's why I said the thing about sex and like, yeah, and, and, uh, and Shelly is, you know, it sounds like she's embarrassed a little bit and upset and, and she hangs up on Larry and he, you know, doesn't know what is going on with the bracelet now. He's like, no, but the bracelet! And she's already hung up. Meanwhile, his assistant comes in and reveals the true history of the Cobb salad, that it was invented by Bob Cobb at the Brown Derby in L.A. <laughs> and Larry is ecstatic because he has caught Cliff in his bullshit story. Uh, I'm just going to guess that's true. But by the way, is it uh, Bob Cobb was the name of the maestro in Seinfeld. So, oh, my God. Yeah, Larry has a Cobb. Huh. He has a Cobb fetish. You got a Cobb fetish, Larry. It's, it's still Christ. not there. I had it better. She needs to be in no. another episode so I can. I, yeah, I, so I can get. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't try to do a woman of color impression. Is that what you're thinking, Ted? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> She's got such a great voice. I've always liked Wanda Sykes' voice. I love a comedian with a with a very distinct voice. Distinct. Yeah. I, that's why I loved Michelle Wolf. You remember her? I mean, I say remember her. She's still active in the. But she had no. a moment there when she she did the um, uh, correspondence dinner. I think like the last one before COVID hit, and um, she's just got a very, she's got a very high pitched voice, and it's again, it's just. I can listen to a unique stand-up voice. Gilbert Gottfried, another great example. Oh, yeah. Of somebody, yeah. But, yeah, so I, I just, I love Wanda's voice. Let me just go on record. At home, people are trick-or-treating. It's probably Halloween now. And this is such a rich neighborhood thing. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, they're, they're famous and rich. Cheryl is hang- handing out apparently bags of loose candy. She's like yeah. putting loose yeah. candy into a <laughs> Halloween bag and giving it out. And I'm like, no fucking way, my kids. And I was like, oh, wait, we live in a neighborhood where houses cost $20 million. I guess they're probably not trying to poison children. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, live, we live in a neighborhood where everybody knows who everybody is. Yeah, because they have uh, an because IMDb we're, page. We're all, yeah, because we're all working in the same industry. Yeah, and their names are blue on Wikipedia. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I think it's going to be safe. But yeah, and, and, it, and there's a gate. So nobody whose name is not blue on Wikipedia can get in. Like, I think we're going to be okay. Yes. And then two girls knock on the door. They say they're 13. Larry says they're closer to 16 or 17, and he denies them candy. I liked the the girls had a couple of good lines here where he's like, oh, really? You're, you're, co- you're in costumes? What are you dressed up as? One girl says, I'm my sister. And the other says, I'm a teacher. That That's good. <laughs> which, which I mean, that's hey, yeah, she, she, she could be dressed up like a teacher. Yeah, that's that was really good. Uh, but Larry doesn't buy it. It's not enough for Larry. The next morning, the David's house has been TP'd, and Cheryl blames Larry for not giving. Who cares? Who cares if kids? Yeah, get candy yeah. Cheryl, Cheryl doesn't give <laughs> any little bit of a fuck. Yeah, and I mean, uh, it. This is a good argument because on it, for Larry, it's about the principle of the thing. Oh, I can't. What? I could just be forty years old going trick or treat. Trick or treat. I'm forty years yeah. old. And like, I, has I to really like. Yeah, and I really liked Cheryl saying, no one, y- it's you and your cutoffs. What is it with you and cutoffs? You have your own set of rules, and you expect everyone to adhere to them when no one knows what they are. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was so good. And it's like, who cares if two girls get candy? Like, it's yeah, not a, no an one 16-year-olds coming. Yeah, it's like, we have the candy. Just give it to them. But it, it's the principle for Larry. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> Halloween. We have candy. Give them the fucking candy. 
I do think, and I would venture to say maybe in a neighborhood like this it would be a thing, I feel like in townships they do have an age cutoff. Like 12 is the last year, 13 is the last year. You know, they're like, oh, trick-or-treating is from 6 to – like they set times for it. Trick-or-treating is from 6 to 8 on this day. And I feel like I've seen ages for a lot of those. Maybe not, but – Maybe. Yeah. I definitely feel like that comes from like the the mayor having a kid that's getting too old and they just want to address it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, sorry, buddy. You're too old for trick-or-treating this year. The, 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 the city says so when he is the city. Yeah. Or the fact that like crime, you know, petty crimes like this do go up when Halloween is like, say, on a Friday night or whatever. You know, it's like when 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 the older kids are allowed to run rampant and, and you know, that I think they do. That's why sometimes when Halloween's on a Friday, townships will even move it. They're like, no, it's not on Friday. We're doing it on that, that Thursday <laughs> night, the 30th because of that so i don't know i don't know if it is that, but if i was larry i probably would have gotten pedantic like that like oh i believe our township for your information cheryl does indicate the age cutoff of 13 <laughs> <laughs> uh we're, we're gonna have halloween from 3 to 5 p.m on october 14th yeah exactly um, uh, so uh, the maybe the best gag in this whole episode was Larry walks back back into the house and the door reveal that his door says bald asshole because you can see it says hole and it says LD and then hole underneath. And when he slams the door, the BA and the ASS are revealed and it says bald asshole and such a great that was such a great reveal. Uh, just great direction there. And Larry calls the cops who show up and he's describing the girls and they're like and the cops are they're kind of I mean, as spokespeople for the city, they're on. The side of like these girls were not doing anything wrong, you know. The, they're like, "What well, were, were they in costumes?" There was like, "No, no, no costumes." It's like one of them looked like Elvira, and so yeah, which I don't, look- I don't get like how Larry picked up on because it's it's nighttime. I, I thought they just looked like you know teenagers. Yeah, I thought the Elvira. First of all, Elvira doesn't have. Well, does she have bangs? Now that I, she doesn't have wavy hair. I do know that when we see the girl yeah. later on. Like first of all, you're right. It was dark, so her dark hair I thought was short. I was like, no one looked like Elvira. The brown haired girl had long hair, but. Elvira's hair is not brown and the black haired girl w- had short hair. So I couldn't even see, but I guess that's what he's kind of, I, I guess that's Larry probably doesn't know the word goth. I think that's what we just learned. Mm, I think that's yeah. what, yeah, that's what he was trying to say as an old person, man. I hope that's an episode <laughs> of curb that Larry learns what goth is. Yeah. Yeah. Larry's nephew is goth or something. <laughs> That'll be great. Yeah. I think that's why he said one looked like Elvira. But so the cop picks up on that. He's like, oh, so there was kind of a costume. He's like, no, no, I'm just describing. No, she was not dressed up as Elvira. I'm not trying to because like if there was a costume, there's no harm done. And the cops even say like, I was trying to kind of follow their logic. And I think what the cops are saying is that like, because he was like, was there any threat? He was like, well, they said trick or treat. So that's a threat. And the cops are like, well, that's that's more of a social contract. And it's like you you entered into that by opening the door. And so by getting the trick. The girls didn't do anything wrong because you chose that side of the contract. Did you, did you pick up on that? That's what they were saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, they were. Yeah. They, they pretty much absolve the girls of any guilt by Larry agreeing to the no treat. That equals trick. The, yeah. It's a social contract. <laughs> I mean, add add into all of this, the, the whole thing of Larry uh, saying that uh, calling someone bald is a hate crime. <laughs> we're a group. Yeah. <laughs> we're a sect. We're a group. And, and the other cop, he's like, I'm bald. I'm not offended. He's like, with all due respect, you shave your head for fashion choices. We don't, inc- we don't <laughs> consider you part of our group. 
<laughs> and if you heard how I now I didn't mark this as as deleting it, you might choose to because I thought our John Cena conversation was really great, but has nothing to do with the episode. But it comes towards the end, and I was like, it's too good to take out. But as somebody who I got super offended when I found out that John Cena shaves his shaved his head in high school, despite being able to see his hairline still being beautiful, um, <laughs> and so I'm I'm on I'm on Larry's side with this, and I'm not even bald yet, but it's it's heading that way, and I'm already pre offended. But Larry yeah. probably would say I'm not in the group. <laughs> I have too much hair to be in his group, but but I'm on the way. So over at Jeff's third office is this jeff's third office how many offices god yeah it looks like it's the same office interior (laughs) uh see i don't remember a a window being behind him oh yeah windows to the side so like yeah in in the in the first season he's in one office and in the second season you can see like you can park outside of his office it's like kind of a nice one-story executive building and then in this one larry has to walk up a stairwell Past a bunch of smokers that never comes up again. I was like, oh, Larry's yeah. going to smell like smoke and that's going to, something's going to be triggered because no, nope. he just walks past nope. a bunch of smokers blocking the way. <laughs> I, no, no reason that that happens whatsoever. It never comes back up again. Um, but yeah, I think this is Jeff's third office and talks Larry into going golfing on Cheryl's birthday. He's like, what are you doing? It? You're going out to dinner, right? You don't have to do anything in the morning with her. Yeah, what do you have to spend all day? It's not a religious holiday. Yeah. What is she, a baby? You have to be there in the morning? Like, and Larry's <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Let's play golf. Great. <laughs> like, what an idiot. I mean, sure. like, Larry, oh God. how yeah. long have you been married? Come on. And Larry is done with Jason Alexander. We found out, we find out last week the real reason is because of Bob Patterson. But Larry is done with the Jason Alexander thing because he won't go back to Jason's office for a meeting. But the idea is really good. And so Jeff brings up that Julia is looking to do something, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So the same idea could probably work with her. I foresaw some lawsuit from the Alexander camp like, uh, excuse me, this is this is our idea. I'm suing you for half of the credit, even though Larry came <laughs> up with it. You know, like Larry yeah. came up with it in the office, but, you know, it was going to be jason's thing i would say and and there was there was never anything signed you know there there was no there was never like a development agreement yeah yeah so i mean larry has the case but i would i would bet i see like an ep credit for jason when this thing does finally hit the air if it does um being able to talk his way into that like come on you came up with the idea in my office for me and now you're doing it with someone else um it just seems like the kind of thing hollywood lawyers would jump on uh outside larry runs into the guy from the theater that asked him to play, play golf. Oh, yeah, and Larry is dressed as if he's going to play golf because when he showed up to his office to play golf that day, his assistant was like, oh, you look really good. And he's like, you know, I think it's because I tuck in. I never tuck in, but golf makes me tuck. And so she's like, you look really good in, in this outfit. And so Larry is now wearing, like, khakis and a polo, and he runs yeah. into the guy who invited him to go golfing, yeah. and he's dressed who's, like he's going to play golf. Whose name we learn is uh, uh, Donald, I think. Okay, because they said it in the first scene, but every time they say it, someone's talking over it. So I just never went back and listened. <laughs> yeah, Donald is what I wrote down. Donald, yeah. Um, yeah, and so he's like, oh, you just don't want to play golf with me. You're dressed to play golf right now. This isn't an outfit. You're wearing play golf. And watching this was funny to me because my dad dresses like he's going to play golf every single day. He, <laughs> he wears slacks and a polo every single day. Oh and he God. does play golf. But he, a tucked in polo, by the way. So it's just funny to me that maybe my dad's been walking around and people have been mistaking him for like, well, that guy does play golf every day. <laughs> on a, on the contrary of that, everyone down here dresses like they're at all times ready to go fishing. And it's <laughs> yeah. so fucking weird. So over at, I wonder if, the, I can't wait to hear if the fishing shirts make it into the final app. They deserve to be, but I don't know. 
over over at Cliff and Shelley's, Larry shows up to see if he can salvage the bracelet situation, and he, he knocks on the door and no one answers, so he walks into what seems to be Cliff's completely empty house. This yeah, house has no where, furniture. <laughs> where is their furniture? Where are their decor choices? This, I, I'm worried that this is what Larry, how Larry thinks people in wheelchairs live. It's like, well, they, they have a chair with them. Why do they need chairs? Like, oh, Larry, no. no. Larry. Oh, no. <laughs> My guess is it was just an empty house they were able to lease for a film shoot. But it looks weird because the hardwood floors, everything's echoing and, and it's dark. And But Cliff comes out and he confronts Larry about wanting to sleep with Shelly and go behind his back. And and also that he's dressed for golf. So he attacks him on that too. He's like, oh, and you are going golfing. Why did you lie about golfing? And so he calls him a big liar about wanting to run around with Shelly and saying he doesn't golf, but now he's dressed for golf. And Larry's like, oh, I'm a liar. And he is able to throw <laughs> down the Cobb salad revelation that he discovered. <laughs> what about the Cobb salad invented by Bob Cobb? And that makes Cliff very upset because he says that Bob stole the Cobb salad recipe from his grandfather and took credit for it. Uh, And so he chases him through the house uh, and out, we assume. While Larry is driving, I I love, I don't know who Larry called, but I love that he called somebody and was like, yeah, and then I told him about the Cobb salad. Oh, yeah, it was great. Like, Larry had a victory, so he has to, like, (laughs) tell somebody immediately. Uh, And he sees, as he's on the phone, the Elvira, the goth trick-or-treater that came to his house and TP'd his place uh, and uh, must be driving through his neighborhood because, as we know, he lives, uh, as we find out, the trick-or-treater, her dad, is Walter, the guy that yelled at Larry for liking Wagner at the beginning of the episode. This was such like a rich, this felt like a very rich family moment, a a rich family written very well because, you know, (laughs) Larry's like, oh, well, let me tell you, your daughter threw eggs at my house. She spray-painted bald asshole on my door. She TP'd my uh, trees. And he, Walter's like, did you do that? She's like, no. He's like, she says she didn't do it. Like, oh, my God. And, that, and that's the end of the story. Yeah. We got a case of affluenza here. Somebody call the wambulance. Um, <laughs> and they berate Larry into leaving. Like, they're both just attacking Larry just relentlessly. But especially Walter, because I, th- I think he starts hop- harping on the the Wagner Judaism thing again, right? Like, oh, yeah, because he's like, you're, you're a bad Jew yeah. and you're a bad person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he and, th- and then he starts again. shouting something else uh, uh, because uh, obviously he or what he thinks he knows is that Larry's sleeping around trying to sleep yes. with uh, well, the director. Yeah. I think he may say the director in a wheelchair's wife. Like he doesn't even fucking know his <laughs> name. <take> <laughs> Yeah, he do- he brings that up too. He's like, "You told me about you trying to go behind his back." Yeah, with about all that. So he's like, "You're a bad Jew and you're a bad person." Yeah, and he he, he even yells something else about him about, about it. Sounds like shunning a shunna something like that. I I don't know it. It's uh it's something that was lost on me as a Gentile. But oh, by the which reminds me by the way, um, when the guy asked him, he's like, "Are you a Jew?" When Larry's whistling earlier, and he's like, "Larry's like, you want to see my penis?" <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was such a good comeback. I will um, take things you can't say in Hollywood <laughs> yeah. for 500. Two white men, two old white men can say it to each other. But uh, not- yeah, it's true. <laughs> it, it, well, it's locker room talk. It's locker yeah, room locker talk. Locker room talk exactly. I was going to say it, it that may that may not be the case. You really have to make sure it's another white cisgender heterosexual male they can say it to each other in the locker room or outside of a movie theater. Yeah. Uh, so at at home, Cheryl is woken up on her birthday by a string quartet playing what I'm assuming was maybe the Wagner song that 
that Larry was whistling earlier. That yeah, that's what um, that's what I <laughs> that's what I guessed. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no clarification on that. Yeah. It doesn't sound like what Larry was whistling. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, Larry sounded like he was whistling the tune the the uh, of um, Bernard Herman's score to Alfred Hitchcock's. Damn it! Now I don't remember. I don't think it's Vertigo. It's the one that they also used in Kill Bill. The I'll whistle right now. <laughs> But it sounded like he was doing it much slower. But yeah, so Cheryl is woken up by this beautiful string quartet. And then Jeff walks in behind them. This was also... (laughs) Doors are so well used in this episode, let me say. Let me be the first to say great door use. Because Jeff, like, poking his head into this beautiful moment. One of the people Cheryl hates the most. Yeah. Pokes his head in, like... And and then (laughs) Mal is up at Larry. What's the deal? We're going golfing? And now, like, Cheryl in the middle of... This is her present. Because Larry had to do this instead of getting the bracelet. So this is her present, this experience. Jeff comes in and ruins it. And then she finds out Larry scheduled a golf game, <laughs> a tea time, for 10 minutes from right now after. He thought he was going to wait around for, like, well, they have to go to the golf course. The tea time's in 10 minutes. So yeah. hang around with Cheryl for one minute and leave. There you go. <laughs> Even if you get to the golf course at like whenever Jeff is walking in, you're not making your tea time because no. you still have to get to the clubhouse. Yeah. You got to pay. You got to get your cart. You got to drive to fucking hole number one. Exactly. Yeah. Just hilarious. Uh, but I, I, I mean, this. I don't one, know. I, is that is that how golf works? I've only played golf once. No, I think you're right. I think that sounds okay. accurate, especially probably at a big golf course like the one they would play at. You know, it sounds it's probably a big nice country club type place so yeah it, it might be somewhere in their neighborhood you know might, they might live in a neighborhood nice enough that's like oh yeah we have a golf course we have a you know a, a pga certified neighborhood golf course designed by jack nicholas or whatever but still yeah 10 minutes is not enough time you want to get there early you want to you want to be teeing off at your tea time you know that's what i would think but yeah so cheryl is upset and like i loved that larry thought he was going to get away with this and then when he finally realizes what a dumb he's like maybe I can play nine. And he like motions nine holes up to Cheryl. She's like, no. <laughs> and then as Jeff leaves, he he tries to eat six. What about six? Six holes. <laughs> no, you spend your wife's birthday with her. But you know what's funny? Like I probably wouldn't pull the same thing. Like I, there's no way I would schedule something on, on Sarah's birthday. Oh my God. Like hey, if, Tim, if, if Sarah I... wanted to go out with her friends on her birthday, I'd be like, great. I'll take care of the kids. Perfect. Cool. You know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but if you wanted to do something on her birthday, no, absolutely oh, not. No way. Tim, it, I, <laughs> it's hard to describe the level of shit I would be in <laughs> if I decided to take, say, uh, specifically in my example, if I decided to do a wrestling show oh. on either Grace's birthday or our wedding anniversary. Right. I would never even think of yeah. doing that. Can't absolutely do not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll celebrate in the morning. And then I'll do this at night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if 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 I if I would do that, like if if one does come up like near when one of those dates are, we talk about it beforehand, you know, yeah, or like yeah. say, hey, we'll we'll go out this day and right. we'll 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 do festivities that day, and then day of, we'll still we'll go get like brunch or something, and then I'll and then I'll go do like the show or something, you know. Yeah. You but work it, it out. You don't spring pull- it on her that morning. Exactly. Planning (laughs) goes into it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So there's a safe way to do it, but it's not the way that Larry chose. Uh, So we do get one more scene, and Walter is woken up at his house by Larry directing a symphony, again, presumably playing Wagner. 
Uh, yeah, I we, we don't no. know for sure. Um, yeah. I'm assuming it's Wagner. <laughs> it must be. And, and it's got to be, right? Yeah, it's got to be. I don't know what Wagner's... I think, um, didn't he do the... Didn't you do that? I don't know what that symphony is called. Oh. You can't really just search Google for it. <laughs> well, well, uh, like we're gonna do a dive, uh, a shallow dive on Wagner next week. So maybe I'll pull up his uh, if if he did actually do that one, <laughs> and I'll sing it instead of playing it. Put, pull uh, him up on week. Spotify. Yeah, pull Wagner up on Spotify. Oh, you know what Wagner did write the Billy Guns walkout song. He did write that. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm an ass man. Bam, bam. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> Which, by the way, I think I, I timed to One of his masterpieces. In. It's one of his masterpieces. Um, masterpiece his of m- ass. M- his m- going- ass oh, piece. Better. I like it. M M apostrophe asterpiece. M asterpiece. Tips fedora. Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So I, I left in that song, but I took out a, a lot of our, you know, I, I, I timestamped a lot of our analysis of it, but I think the song deserves to stay in. So okay. lots of callbacks okay. to last episode, probably because I just finished my listen through. So, all right. Yeah, we will dive a little bit on Wagner and, and maybe figure out what these pieces were uh, next week. And that's the end of the episode. All right. Um, oh, did you catch that the credits were different on this episode? What? No. Yeah. There, there's like a different font and it doesn't start with uh, Robert B. Uh, Weedy, Whitey, whatever yeah. his name is. Uh, it starts with Larry Charles. Whoa, I did not catch that. Huh. Yeah. Dang. It's really weird. It threw me off. Wow. Like huh. Robert B. Robert B. Whitey isn't until like the fifth name. Jeez, shake up, executive shake up. Oh man! All right, what do we got for uh, homework this week? Uh, Wagner Nazi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into some of his more uh, famous compositions. Yeah, yeah. As well. What do you like for cover art this week? Ah. <sighs> Once again, we get a great... Can we get Larry with the trick-or-treaters? I mean, they make that such a big deal. Maybe. Um, it's very dark because yeah, it's it at is. nighttime, it and there's no like light on his porch. Yeah. I'm surprised that shot made it into the show as is. Like there, there's, it, It's a yeah. very dark shot. Yeah, it looks like they were shooting on video for this, which I guess I can understand doing an improv show. You don't want to blow a bunch of film, but it does. It's very fuzzy and low quality. What about all of them at the table at the beginning of the episode? I mean, Larry looking up from the symphony is obviously pretty funny. And the, the last shot is often our go-to for this. <laughs> but what are you thinking? Are you thinking anything? Um, I was thinking like uh, Larry and Cheryl standing outside, maybe with the cops and the and the yeah. teepee in the background. Uh, yes, I like that. Because that, that plays into the description yeah. as well. Yes. Or at least the given description. Speaking of the given description, let's see what we can do about it. yeah. So we had Larry experiences the trick side of Halloween when he questions the age of two girls who want candy. I just want to scrap the whole thing. <laughs> um, so what about you like here's just a jumping off. Larry antagonizes a screenwriter friend. Is that we, and I'm not married to any part of that, but I, I like it as a jumping off point. Like I said, is that does that work for you in in any way Mm, yeah yeah i i don't know is he a screenwriter is he a director i think i i want to say maybe both because i picked up screenwriter but i I got i was getting director vibes too but maybe he did both for 30 below so what do we say filmmaker larry antagonizes a filmmaker friend 
Yeah, I like that. Um, and we combine everything into like Larry crosses. I like that. I like that verb. Larry crosses a filmmaker and two trick or treaters or something like that. Oh, right. But then I was like, is that enough of a tease? Or is that again just kind go. of like Larry? You know, like it, it's one of the generic ones. Like Larry gets in trouble, like he always does. Like, wait a minute, that's not. Do you want me to pull it, up? That's not teasing anything. Do you want me to pull up like, what we had already? Like Larry so crosses a filmmaker. And to like describing the characters, like I think we had one like that a while back that was like just listing all the characters. Remember, it was like, well, that's not. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. <laughs> but I still think we can make it better. Um. What? Okay. Mm. I, I, I like this. Okay, this is stolen from IMDb, but I like this one too. Larry offends two uncostumed trick or treaters. He also alienates Cheryl's screenwriter friend. Wow. I like that. I yeah. like that. Get rid of get rid of the the period and the he also does this and just throw in like yeah and and alienates yeah Larry offends two uncostumed trick or treaters and alienates Cheryl's screenwriter friend. Boom. That's it. Yeah. Now this does go on. By the way, I, I'm I'm fine with that because this sort of alienating the screenwriter friend does uh, have to do with the second part of this, but it goes on. Alienates a Cheryl's screenwriter friend Cliff and a Jewish neighbor. And spoils his romantic anniversary gift when Jeff arrives to play around a golf. So Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that's just talking about that's just naming everything that happens so in the episode. That's a plot summary, which this really was. Yeah, that that gets that starts as a tease and ends as a plot summary. But I think we I think we stole something great. I was gonna say I think yeah. we landed on something great. I think we stole something great from Halo One K <laughs> on IMDb. IMDb Thank user you, Halo One K. <laughs> yes, hope you're enjoying the new Paramount Plus series. <laughs> I'm only assuming. <laughs> I'm only assuming that's what it's a reference to. So, all right, fantastic. I, I love that. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, next week we have got season two, episode four, the shrimp incident. Original air date October fourteenth, two thousand and one. And if you are looking in TV Guide that note, you are going to see Larry's suspicion that an HBO executive has lifted some shrimp from his Chinese food leads to trouble. Gosh, this sounds like. This episode was familiar to me, and that one sounds very familiar to me as well. And, like, <laughs> I feel like this is sort of – it's different than watching Seinfeld because I'd seen Seinfeld so much I knew what was coming. And this one, like yeah. – this one is like watching a movie that's been spoiled. You know, like when you hear that a character has died before you go see a movie, <laughs> and then you realize it's coming up, you're like, oh, shit, I heard about – oh, no, this is where it's happening. Like, it's more like that. And so I can I can say it's like – while I am enjoying watching this, it's like it's more like that feeling, which is not a good feeling. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. whereas oh, my Lord. whereas Seinfeld was like slipping into an old shoe and watching a movie that you've seen a million times. This is more like watching a movie that's been spoiled for you. <laughs> so, yeah, like with the Cobb salad thing, I remembered the, the whole thing about the Cobb salad in this episode. Um, and I remembered in, in last episode, the one, of you know, that an ass was going to end up in Larry's face and Wanda Sykes had, you know, was in it and. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it, I'm, I'm getting by, but you know, it's, it's a weird feeling that I was, uh, that I wanted to express. Um, so anyway, we'll see about that. What did you, so you didn't like this episode. This was a, this was, eh, it was, yeah. it was a, it was a middle of the road episode. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to give it a star, but, uh, us talking about it brought my opinion of it up. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, I think that's been the case, uh, for every episode of season two so far. Um, I, I, nothing is been remarkable to me yet i and maybe it's because of the previous two i got a lot of good laughs out of this one i thought the scene 
in the theater, I was like laughing out loud and cringing and put my hand over my mouth with everything awful that Larry was doing with yawning and the touching of the leg and the popcorn and and uh, even his conversation before that with the guy, the big, the huge argument, which I loved. <laughs> like I would have loved to have been somebody on the street watching these two guys yell at each other. Um, and so I, I got a lot of good laughs out of it, but I've, I've given it a, a famous star low. I, I've starred mm, it, but I okay. it, it's going to be, <laughs> it's probably going to be knocked off the list in the next seven episodes. Yeah. So, I would bet. Yeah. Or um, next, uh, next. Yeah. Seven. Right. Yeah. Cause we're through three. And so we have, yep. I think that's right. Um, yeah. Uh, cause I was, that, that always screw, does that always screw with you when you're watching a uh, show and you're like, oh cool, we just finished episode four of this 10 episode series and that means there's, um, <laughs> well, I, now I'm going to do it wrong. That means there's six left. Oh no, we're on episode, we just finished three, so we're on four, so there's only six left. Like, no, you, you're on four. You, you didn't you dumb finish. Dumb. Yeah. yeah, you didn't finish four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should land this, baby. Yeah, good idea. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's everything. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallowell. Be good. Be good.